Anyway, today's word, activate. I'm going to challenge you today to spring forward in Christ. How about that? What do you think? I want to talk about activate, you know. Um, now, when I, I think about that word in English context, I, there's a couple different um, ways to think about it. I was thinking about the 80s. Um, and um, See, I didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> the, the spot on the wall behind y'all's couches in your apartment back then. Remember that? What movie was that? With that? <laughs> it was a movie and everybody, all these people got up in the couch because it was Activator. Because it's in a class by itself. <laughs> now... Huh? Yeah, coming to America, right? Uh, but you know, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that, and 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 that concept has to do with the 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 premise that your curl has been, uh, uh, yeah. Well, your your curl is latent; it is there, but it needs to be activated. It, you have, in a subtle way, relaxed your curl. You have, you have broken the S bond in real gentle ways, so that when you spray the so instead of, you know, because in the 70s, it was all kind of like, like, like this, right? But then now it's like, now you spray the activator and you do like this and everybody's like, oh, God. <laughs> so I thought about that. Then I thought about something else. I had, I, I, I had an unfortunate experience this week and uh, it kind of goes like this. Uh, uh, I, I, um, th- this is me, my, my iPhone 7 Plus had a, had a tough week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of broken, right? And it kind of like, and this actually is a two-step process because I dropped it and it was cracked at the top and on the bottom. So then I, and then I think then you get lax because I was, I was at the gym Friday night and I put it on a machine and didn't realize that was a part of the machine that moved. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, when I, you know, uh, it, it took another dive and it got worse. So, so that's the way it looks. So, now thank, thanks be to God, I, I bought the insurance, and so that's Mr. New iPhone 7 Plus there. That's my clock today, and I went, and, I went back to the OtterBox, okay? Right. Some of y'all know my cases. <laughs> I've been trying to be cool, but I need the OtterBox, baby, because my phone, gets, it gets, it's, it's like I'm a heavy, heavy-duty user, right? And, uh, I mean, hey, catch my phone here. Hey! <laughs> you know, it's, but, 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 but what happened was I, I bought the phone. I, well, I didn't buy it. I just filed a claim. I got to pay a little, you know. What do they call it? Uh, what do they call it when you go to the doctor? Deductible. Yeah. I had to pay a deductible or copay. No, a deductible. Copay is with your HMO. Deductible is when you have, oh, forget it. Uh, so I, I, uh, I, and so, you know, they, now if I say this, my wife's going to think, that's why you came home from your trip on Friday night and went back again. Because <laughs> Friday they shipped me my, no, I, I could have waited. It was, it was totally functional. It was, you know, that wasn't until late Friday night. That, but, but they sent me this, uh, another one, right? But I had to do something. Now, this, the one they sent me was, you remember when you used to buy cell phones and you'd have to, like, charge them first? Remember your old flip phone? Yeah, I'm talking to you on the flip phone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on the Motorola, I'm on the Razor, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, it raises cool. Look at it. I remember when phones got smaller and smaller and smaller. I remember my friend, one of my buddies, he, he thought he had really got me because I was just using, I was rolling with a Nokia, right? Because that's the one they give you for free. And, uh, and, he, and he spent a whole lot of money like at the time and got this, the, he was, got this little, really little small phone. And he says, well, because, you know, the other phones are so clunky. And, you know, but it's, it's you know, payback because it's like this. So, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, they were getting smaller and smaller and smaller, like little Zoolander phone, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they come out with smartphones and now they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now you want the 7 Plus, which is like a little walkie-talkie. 
But what happens is this one was everything, you know, it was, it was ready to go. It was charged and all that. But I had to do one thing, and it took a little bit of work. I had to activate that bad boy. I had to activate it. It was a complete phone, it was, but, it, but I had to connect it to my account. I had to do something. I want to suggest to us this morning that, and this, 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 is, is, this, this stands in tension to what, in, in, you know, in, in, to what we talked about in Young Adult Bible Study last Sunday. We talked, about, we talked out of James about the situation where James says, you know, be careful about going around saying, hey, tomorrow we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do that because you don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring because your life is nothing but a vapor. And James says, what we should say instead is, if the Lord's will. And it doesn't mean to attach that saying to everything. Don't, don't, don't those kind of religious people kind of get on your nerves? Uh, hey, let's go grab a burger. Well, you know, if the Lord's will. Oh, shut up and just get in the car, you know. <laughs> you know, it's that, that kind of thing where, but it's, it's a mindset. It's, it's an orientation of our lives where we realize, I'm going to move forward with my best plan and what God has placed in my heart. What I desire to do. Pending his approval and his direction, subject to his revision, right? And so we talked about that, and so that could lead us to a place of of, of cautiousness in our in our in our dealings. But this morning, the other side of that that I want to look at is 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 the fact that there are there, there there's a challenge that we all face to to act and to activate the grace of God in our lives and to activate the the work of God in the world around us to apply ourselves and to do something. And sometimes there are things that will not be done until we do them. They will not, processes that will not get underway until we have the courage to act. And sometimes we sit back as Christians, don't we? Hello. We sit back and we say, wow, you know, God, uh, when you, whenever you're ready, Lord, move, Lord. Oh man, I've been around so many different kinds of people in my life. So many, and I did the Christian that would just say, "Oh Lord, we're just waiting on you to move. God, would you move? We, we're not going to do nothing. We're just going to sit and we, we're just going to wait on you, Lord. We've been waiting twenty-five years, and we can wait another twenty-five, God, because we're waiting for the great thing that you're going to do. Move, God. And God sometimes say, "Would you move? You know, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> if you get up and go somewhere, I'm with you, and I'll and then I'll show you where to go." Uh, in Second Peter. Uh, one three. There's this beautiful verse, and this is what Peter uh, is beginning this letter with, and he's reminding his readers of this: that his divine power, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. The Bible suggests to us that God has already given us everything we need in order to live. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we sit around waiting as though we're waiting to, waiting to be resourced to live the Christian life. We're waiting, God, I'm just waiting for you to pour down from heaven. Just waiting, oh, let some drops fall on me. Remember that? You know, remember that song in church, you know, what was it, Beams of Heaven or something? Let some drops now, you know, fall on me. That was also not very popular during the Jerry Curl era. But I digress. But... But he's saying, listen, Peter's trying to stir his, his readers up to, to think about, about what they have. He says, he, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And so the first thing that I want to establish this morning is simply this, that, that God uh, has given us all we need to become, all that we are to become in Christ. Do, do, would you dare to 
embrace that and believe that today? Would you dare to embrace the idea that God really has resourced you? God really has provided for you everything you need in order to do whatever it is he's called you to do and live the life he's called you to live and be the person he's called you to be. Would you, would you, would you say, yeah, I, I, that, that could be possible, pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And so if that be the case, what happens is that there's all this stuff that God has placed inside of us. There are all these resources he's given us. There are all these opportunities he's placed before us that are there. And it is incumbent upon us to activate them by moving forward or stepping out in faith, right? I remember there was a popular, and, and sometimes if you're around, was, you know, Preacher, teacher, pastor, some guys were talking, we were talking about this book that was popular. And I, I taught through it when I first came here in the um, late 90s. No, it was a, when, when did I come here? Oh, yeah, 90. I came here in the late 80s. Yeah, so this was in the early 90s. It was called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And, uh, and it was this beautiful premise that the whole book is about. And that is that God is at work all around you in the world all the time. And so your task as a Christian is to... Ask God to enable you to begin to see where he's working and to enable you to join him in his work. And it's a beautiful concept and it, it's, I think, fully describes the reality of the working of the Holy Spirit in the world throughout the ages that God is doing what he, he's already present and he's, be, he's begun work in, in a, the, the people that you're going to share your faith with. You don't have to like create it and make it up from scratch. You don't have to start from square one. What you're challenged to do is to, to, to be attentive to what God has already begun to do and help to lead that process forward. But the idea is that there's stuff that God has initiated and put into motion. There are resources that he's placed in your hand. There are things that you've been given. There, there, there is power that has been given to you. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that, that the power of the Holy Spirit is, is, is resident within us. And that power enables us to, to be bold in our witness and to be focused in our service and to be, and to be selfless in our giving and to, and, and to overcome and to, to, to defeat the powers of darkness that would try to attach themselves to us or to try to stop us moving forward. You've been given everything you need, but the question is, what will you do with that? What will you do with that? Will, will you say, okay, Lord, I've, thank you that I, I, I've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have given me... Uh, that, that the same power that, that raised Christ from the dead is present in my life, in me, right? That's what Paul talks about in Ephesians. I pray that you guys, that your eyes would be open so that you could see the incomparable strength of his mighty power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power is at work in you right now. That's why he says, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, not out there somewhere, but in you. So the question becomes, what more do we need to get started? What more do we need to move forward, to move to the next phase, to the next step, to the next, to the next, to the next experience of God in our lives? So then the second point would be this. Then, therefore, it's up to us to act on what God has spoken and to use what God has given us. It's up to us. We always, we, we dance with, the, with, with these two opposites they're not really opposites just different sides of the coin they they hold and they exist in a kind of tension with each other the issue of 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 god's sovereignty and human responsibility free will 
And some of us think since God is sovereign, then, you know, what God has spoken, he will do. And we can sit back and watch it. And some, there's a sense in which sometimes God does work in a way we sit back and watch and he works independent of us. But it really is. The reason you're here and not in heaven if you're a Christian, because, I mean, if, if it was not about anything else, then God, I certainly could have just, you know, when you said, Lord, I receive you, my Lord said, oh, come on home, boom. Of course, then people wouldn't get saved till they got real old, right? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't want to give my heart to the Lord yet because I guess I got some, you know, I want to see my great, you know, but the reason you're here is because there's something for you to, to do. And so it's up to us to act on what God has spoken, to act on his word, to, to use what he's given us. That means we have to do something. We have to be proactive. We're called to activate. We're, we're called to step out, to move forward. Second Peter 1, 4 and 5, and this is continuing on in that passage. He says, through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption uh, in the world caused by evil desires. And then look what he says here, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. God has given you all this stuff, but now you make every effort. First of all, notice what he says. He says, hey, you know, now that you've got all this stuff, just chill and see what happens. No, he says, now, he says, he's given you these great and precious promises. You can participate in, in the life of God uh, because you've escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so for this reason, there's something that you do. For this reason, there's, there's a demand placed upon you, and that is that you make every effort. Christian life is not one of passivity. It's one of a, of a healthy rhythm of, of labor and Sabbath. It's, it's, a, it's a life of, of rest from our labors and from our striving and ceasing from our attempts to, to, to uh, make God love us more than he already does through our good works. But it's not a life of passivity. It's not a life of, uh, of, 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 of idleness. It's a life of action. It's a life that really does call for something from us. It's a life that, that is exciting because it, it is a life of, of reaching and, and, and grasping and moving forward and, and pressing toward the mark in the words of Paul or, or, or running to finish the race in the words of the writer to, uh, to Hebrews. And so, he says, make every effort to add to your faith. Activate the faith that's within you. Activate the gifts God has placed in your life. Get involved in the process. Get engaged. This is what Paul alludes to in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed. So the Philippians, are, are, are they're seeking to obey the word of God and, and the teaching Paul's given them. He says, not only in my presence, but, not, but now much more in my absence. Continue to do what? Work out. See, you, you brought up money, 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 Richard. I was going to. Bring up that song, work out. <laughs> he says, continue to work out your salvation. Did he say continue to work for? No. No. no, because our salvation is ours. It's a gift. That's why it's your salvation. He says, work out. God has put something in you, but you've got to work that bad boy out of you. You've got to work that forward. You've got to, you've got to to manifest in your life. And you've got to work through all the implications of what it means to be saved. You've got to work to, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do that, he says, with fear and trembling. Why? Because verse 13, because it is God who works in you to will 
and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. You understand what he's saying? God is working in you for two reasons. Number one, so that you will begin to will to do the right thing. How many of you want to do the right thing? How many of you want to, I mean, how many of you want to serve God? I know I do. Well, you know what, you know, you know where that, that impulse came from? God is working in you. He placed that in you to will, to want to do good. You came to church this morning, despite your bleary eyes and, you know, the, the visine and all things, because you woke up this morning. What time is it? It feels like five o'clock. Well, it's six, but there's something God put something inside you to, to, to do, to, 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 to want to be with the people of God and to want to come to church and to want to serve God and to want to worship and to want to be in his presence. But listen, he says he works in you both to will and to what? To, yes, and you, former translations, current one before us, and to act. And he says, in order to fulfill his good purpose. In other words, God does not just motivate us to want to do stuff. God does not just motivate us to happy thoughts and, and good feelings about things. God does not motivate us to be in a positive space about it, right? Oh, uh, you know, I'm really feeling this Christian thing right now. I'm just really vibing with this Jesus thing. And thank you. I mean, I'm just, ooh, I just... You know, let's just praise the Lord and enjoy the presence of God. And this is, you know, no, but he's, he's working you to want to, to want to do the things that fulfill his purpose. What is God's purpose in the world? It's, it, it, it encompasses a lot of stuff, doesn't it? I'll tell you one thing I know. And we talked about the will of God in, 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 in Bible study uh, the, the other uh, last Sunday. And the thing about it we come up with is that when you talk about the will of God, when we say, you know what, I will do this or so if, if God will. Some things you really don't have to say that in that particular instance. God may have different directions, but it, God is, first of all, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's God's will that people come to know God through Jesus Christ, know him through Jesus Christ. It's God's will that people be delivered from sin and that people's lives are transformed. It's God's will that they know Jesus. It's God's will that people, people's lives are healed. It's God's will that people come to a knowledge of the truth. It's God's will, will that the power, demonic forces that, 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 that seek to control and rule the lives of, of his creation be broken. It's God's will that the image of God in human beings like you and me that has been dis, distorted and marred and, and, and trashed by sin, that that image be 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 restored as we uh, come into union, living union with our God through Christ. And, and in the words of Peter, as we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world. I know those things are God's will. So I know it's God's will for your family to be whole. I know it's God's will for you to be free of addiction. I know it's God's will for you to have the peace of God. I know that. And so God wants to use you and use me to facilitate those things in the lives of other people. God wants to use you as a messenger of, 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 his, of, 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 his, of his love. He wants to use you as, as, a, as a, 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 an instrument of his peace. God wants to use you as a reconciler. God wants to use you as someone who stands in the gap and, and brings reconciliation and healing. God wants to use you as a light to the people in the world around you. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. So when we have those opportunities, there are things that we need to just go for it and engage in and get involved in because we understand that... That those things are God's purpose and God has placed the desire in you, but God also prompts you and, and works in you to give you the, the will to, to do it and to make it happen. Amen. Sometimes we're, we're, we, we are really too reticent and too passive about the work of God. I'm going a little crazy right along through here. Because I mean, I, there's some things that in my spirit I, 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 I need to see. And I, and, and it just, and, and I realize, and I'm challenged and, and I'm sure you are too. in areas like this, 
The thing is, I, if you pray and ask God to do stuff, and you ask God for stuff, and you ask God to, to, to show His power in certain ways, God is always going to start talking back to you as well. Okay, then where do you start? What's the next step for you? How do you how, what will you do to follow me forward in making that thing happen? That's we have to be careful of the church. Lord, I, I'm just we just praying for our church to grow. And I ain't saying this to disparage me or anybody else, but but then we have to say, well, what are we doing to make our church a welcoming place for for people that come to us? What are we doing to 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 what are we doing to invite and to woo and to bring people in? And how are we treating them when they're here? And how much time are we spending praying for that process and attending ourselves to it? Are we still thinking of church as a consumer thing that's about us? I like the church where I go. And don't, none of you, don't ever say to me, you know, Pastor, your church, it ain't my church. First of all, it's Jesus' church, but it's our church. But so when we talk about those things, God's going to press us. What are you doing? Are you giving your best? Are you doing, are you, are, are you, are, have you, re, you know, do you have some skin in the game? Are you really in this? Are you just asking me and expecting for the miracle to kind of come out of the sky? I saw a new Jerusalem. I, I saw a new heaven and new earth come down out the sky or something. That's where uh, I saw a new and improved grace chapel descend from the heavens. One day we showed up and it was just here. Wow, it's the new thing. What happened overnight? God did it, son. It was God. It, it was all God and none of us. I, and I grew up around people in church and they like to get on that stuff. You know, God, God wants you to die because he wants you to hide behind the cross so that it's all of Jesus and none of you. God don't want you, no, nobody to see you. You need to be dead. You're just a worm. That's worm in Louisiana speak. God says, I work through people. The people in the book of Acts, their names are recorded. Their stories are there. Their, their engagement is, is, is a part of the way I work. You know, it's like, I, 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 stuff happened because they went places. Stuff happened because they opened their mouth and spoke. Stuff happened because they dared to take a chance. They got in trouble. And sometimes out of getting in trouble, they got into better places. They got persecuted and they got scattered and they, they thought they were on the run. They were heralding the message. They were carrying the gospel. They were, they were running with the baton. And so God is at work in us. James 2.22. James says this. He says, you see that his faith, that's Abraham. He says, and his actions were what? Your faith and your actions work together. Now, I'm not going to preach the book of James. That's a whole sermon. But you know the whole thing about faith without works is, is dead. It's useless. It's meaningless. It has no value. He says, Abraham's actions were working together with his faith. It was made complete. His faith was made complete by what? What he did. Turn to somebody and say, you got to activate this thing. His, his faith was made complete by what? Don't tell me how much faith we, you have. Don't tell me how much you believe God. I, you don't have to tell me. I'll look at what you do. I'll look at your behavior. I'll look at how you respond to God's call on your life. I'll look at your, your level of engagement in the things of the Lord. I'll look at the way you participate in community. I'll look at your, willing, your willingness to, to, to hang in there. When, if you say, I got a lot of faith, but, I'm, I, but, but I know I gave up, but I have a lot of faith. No, I say you, if you had more faith, you would not have gave up. Or given in proper grammar, right? So, Abraham's faith was made complete by what we did. There's a quote here. From uh, uh, Don Bossidy, uh, uh, um, from Bossidy, Karen, and Burke, from uh, the book Execution, the Discipline of Getting Things Done. 
is we don't think ourselves into a new way of acting. We act ourselves into a new way of thinking. I know that, now this is, this is one of those things where there are different nuances of this, but because, you know, you can say, well, what the Bible says is a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's true. And right thinking certainly is a part of the precursor to right living and right behaving. But when we're looking at new patterns of behavior, we're looking at new courses of, of uh, engagement, new things we're doing, and we're looking at change in our lives, sometimes we really overthink it, don't we? You know what I'm talking about? Man, I'm about ready. <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking through this thing, and I'm just going to think positive. And I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm believing, and I'm, and I'm even confessing. I'm just all up in this. I mean, I'm with it, you know. I'm, I, and we think that if we just, you know, it's like this. Somebody says, somebody, what, you know, they're going like this. And what are you doing? I'm thinking real hard, you know. It's like this. <laughs> And we think that if, if we, and it stays in the realm of the cognitive, it stays in the realm of the mental, and, and we don't get anywhere. It's more effective and more real that you will tend to act yourself in a, into a new way. That's why if you're married and you, if, you, if you're having issues in your marriage and you, you feel, you know, you, you go back and you pull out your old, you put your records on, right? You pull out your old, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire album, and you go and you put it on, you hear the scratch, scratch for a while. Love was all we had. And then where Maurice says, da, 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 da. we were scared. At something happened along. He said, yeah, after the love is gone, man, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what used to be right is wrong. How can we carry? Yeah, man, Maurice was deep. He was a, Maurice didn't write that. David Foster wrote that. But, but David Foster was deep. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, so, so I'm just in my mind. I just you know the love, but you know here's the truth. Here's the, the, the magic that sometimes happens. You don't feel all that love because you know I've been married forty years. Well, not me. We been married, and I'm not, I'm not going to even look over there because I know right now she's saying what what this dude gonna say right up in here because because you know what. Thank you, Jerry and Cheryl, for that food. Because if she don't want to cook tonight, I'm, I'm still good. <laughs> but come on, be real about it. Uh, 365, 24-7, you know, whatever. You're not feeling the way you did, you know, when I, when I was like, when I was 16 years old and took her on her first date, right? I mean, it's wonderful. It's really good. Most, all the time. <laughs> they had to fix that. But sometimes you don't feel and you don't think in your cognitive mind, it's almost counterintuitive. Some, but you, you do the loving thing. You do the right thing. Sometimes with relationship to the people of God, the people in the world around you, uh, things, you, you don't feel, and you're not in, in, in your rational world. It doesn't make sense to do, but you, and you need to change your attitude, and you keep waiting for your attitude to change, so you'll do differently. Just start doing differently, and your attitude will change. Count on it. Amen. So that's the starting point for it. Now, let me go a little further here. A little bit more to go. I'm looking at the clock here. Since we see we sprang forward, so it's going to be light longer today. So that gives you longer to stay in church. And you can still get out there and do all the things that you like to do. Um, but the thing is this. We, in talking, so in talking about this, it raises the prospect of, of the fact. I want to challenge you today to think about 
areas in your life where you need to activate. Think about some steps you need to take. Think about next steps. Think about what things in your spiritual life that you need to attend to, what areas of growth that need to take place, where you want to be, where you know God wants you to be, what you want to be doing for God. Think about those things in terms of next steps, but realize that we have to be strategic about that. I'm going to go go a little bit into this for a moment because I want you to, when you think about doing stuff, I want you to think about how to frame those goals in a way that is helpful and not counterproductive. St. Francis of Assisi said this, he said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. I, I like that. Now, now this is, we're going to go a little further here, and I want to talk about, oh, wow, well, t- turn the channel. Um, remember, remember that guy? That's my boy. <laughs> get smart, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to get smart. That's a cheap shot, right? This is even a cheaper one. How do you hear from God? I don't know. That's the next, that's the next thing from Apple, baby, you know. Yo, what's up? <laughs> Apple watch, Apple shoe, right? But let me, let me, let's, I'm, I'm going to give you, I want, in, in talking about this thing, and talking about how do I go forward, how do I think about some, setting some, some, some paths of action in my life that will enable me to grow close, closer to God or or, or be a better husband, be a better better wife, be a better be a better child. Why is it always on the parents, right? Be a better parent, be a better kid, you kids. <laughs> That's, you know, it's always on the parents. I just really need prayer with my. How come kids ever come? I just need prayer for my my kidding skills so that I can be a better. You know, it's always the parents. We better, so you can be a better whatever because you've been resourced by God. And so there are a few things. First of all, uh, the, the first one is this. Uh, with regard to that, we need to be specific. And it goes like this. And the, and, and the, the, the notes in your, on your YouTube version kind of bring us out uh, in, in some detail. But it's like, you're gonna, if I say, what, is, where are you, what, you know, what are you going to activate this week in your life? You're going to say, well, you know what, Pastor? My, 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 my intent this week is to, get, is to grow closer to God. And you know what I say to you? How so? You know, we're guilty in church of, of spiritual aspirations that are really broad and not specific. We like, we, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to grow up into all the things of God and I won't, and I'm just going to have everything God wants for me. You know, we, we have these big, broad, broad things that we say, you know, what are you going to like, and we get in trouble with this at the beginning of the year, don't we? Because some of us are pretty focused in our, in our, in our resolutions, but some of us are, you know, you have resolutions like, I'm going to get healthy. What does that mean? That's good, but I mean, so what does that mean? I mean, so be specific. Instead of saying, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible more. Maybe uh, I'm going to, no, I'm going I'm to be more spiritual, get close to God. I'm going to read the Bible more. But then if you come to that, then I would challenge you this way. I'd say, well, is that? Goal measurable because if you tell me because if things aren't measurable if we can't put a metric to it we have a you know because you know what all your health and weight stuff right yeah. you got your, all your apps and your scales and your and and all the and all the machines in the gym that you run on and stuff you sit or walk on real slow I've been on this treadmill for two hours man yeah this is cool you know I've been watching TV. But, you know, everything's got numbers attached to it. There's ways of measuring stuff. And, you know, it's like when you stand on the scale, that's a metric. 
You know, that's that's that, that's a because you say I want to lose weight. There's there's a way to measure that, right? And then saying, well, I'm not going to stand on the scale. I'm just going to go by how my clothes fit. That uh, you know, that might work for you, right? But but rather than I'm going to get closer to God, rather than just I'm going to read the Bible, uh, how about I'm going I'm going I, I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to read the Bible 15 minutes a day. And you say, well, that doesn't sound like very much. Well, it may not be you, but here's the other thing. See, it needs to be attainable. Being a pastor, you hear people's grandiose and lofty aspirations. I'm going to read through the whole Bible every week. Then you won't sleep or eat. And you will speed read. And you'll probably go blind and lose your mind. You're not going to go read the Bible through every week. I'm going to read through the Bible five times this year. and You've never done it once. I'm going, I'm going to pray two hours a day and you got a, a job and kids. It's not, that's not reasonable. See, sometimes in church, I think we get hyped up and then we said, we, 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 we want to activate out in the zone that's way beyond what we're capable of because we, sometimes we feel guilty, sometimes we feel inspired. But we fail because we're going way beyond what is reasonable and attainable, right? So... It's better to start on the conservative side and build into it and see what your capacity and your ability and your, and your opportunities are. So rather than just say, I'm going to grow spiritually, you're going to be specific. I'm going to, it, with, and that's going to probably be broken down into something. You're going to read the Bible, I'm going to come to the Bible study, and uh, I'm going to pray. But in all of those, you do that, and you say, do it in a way that's I'm going to do X amount, of, X amount of minutes a week or X amount of chapters a week, but it's something reasonable. So I'm going to read a book of the Bible a month or a week. I'm going to read five chapters a day. Some of you read through the Psalms. Some people read through the Psalms every month. That's, it's, it's, it's a bit of reading, but it's doable. Sometimes we regard the ministry. You know, we say, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to grow our church. We're going we, we to grow our church 500% in, in, in six months. Yeah, boy, that would be kind of cool. That would be a problem I could, I could relate to, right? But the thing about it is it's, it's unreasonable and it's, it's probably not attainable un, apart from a powerful move of God's spirit, which is not out of the question. But with regard to what we need to do every day, we need to set goals and targets that are, with, that are out, that are beyond, a little bit beyond us, but that are attainable. And then finally, that are relevant, that have something to do with what we're talking about. That have something to do with, with, the, whole, with the whole thing of spiritual growth. You know, I want to grow my. I want to grow spiritually. I want to activate my spiritual life this this year. And so, I think what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna. Uh, um, I think I'm gonna get my car tuned up. That's you know, and that's way out there. But you know, we sometimes we have stuff that that we that seems to be affiliated with one goal or one one concern that really are not relevant to what we're trying to do. And then finally, it needs to be time limited in, in this regard. Uh, What's the time frame? That's why, it, you know, I'm going to read the Bible. Some of your goals, I'm going to discover. Uh, I'm, I want to uh, get involved in, 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 in ministry. That's too broad. I want to get involved in this ministry. Or I want to find out what ministry I want to be involved in. But the question would be when. Because some of you made that decision five years ago. Right? So you, you, you'd limit it by time. Just a few things to think about in regard to, to, to setting action responses concerning the things that we need to act on and activate in our lives so that we can move forward or spring forward, if you will, into 
a fuller realization of God's purpose for our lives and a fuller realization of what we're called to be and to do. I, I, there's a brother that I thought about this morning, and I brought, I, I, put, I brought him up here. He said this, because a lot of times, you, you know, we, we're, that, that word try is really, really, it, it, it's a mess. Because people say, you know, I'm just, I'm, Lord, I'm just, I, I want to try to serve you. I'm going to try to live for you. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get more involved in ministry. I'm going to try to grow spiritually. I want to try. And Brother Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. I don't know about you, and that ain't in the Bible, and I know some of you are thinking, Yoda, that's a demon if I ever saw one. But I'm telling you, I, I, that, 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 that connects with me in a way that, it, 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 to me, it, it's consistent with the big sweep of Scripture. You don't see people of faith trying, people of faith do. Now, it's not that in doing you don't fail, but trying is when we, when, when we go with a trying attitude, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like this. I'm going to try this, meaning, I get, you know, it's like you halfway expect, you know, that I very well may fail or let me have a back door or a mechanism in place. So if I, when I do fail, I can save face. You know, you either do or you don't. There are a lot of things in life, if we think of it like this, just stepping out of faith. Hey, I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to try to serve God. I'm going to pastor this church. I ain't trying to pastor. I pastor the church. I, do, do I fail? Uh, yes. Am I, am I the greatest ever? Uh, I think so, but you won't. Uh, no. You know, it's like, I, I don't try and do nothing. I, let me try and play this song. Now, I'm going to play this song. I don't know if I mess it up, but, but I'm not trying to play. I'm doing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. I'm going to activate whatever I'm doing. Brother Yoda, I think, is on it. There is no trouble. We need to, be, we need to use that word a lot less. I'm going to... Tr- Stop giving yourself all the outs that you give. I, I'm going to try to pray. Don't try, do it or don't. Because God don't care about your trying. He cares about having, you having enough faith to take, take a t- five minutes in the morning and, and, and step aside and talk to him. I'm going to try to read the Bible. God doesn't care about you trying to read the Bible because God says, if you, if you love me, read the Bible so I can talk to you. And we talk about serving. I'm going to try, try to help out. Don't try. I, don't need, I can't build a church on people trying. I build a church on all you, all you warriors and all you soldiers that, that, that's, that, that step up day after day, year after year. And we do this thing and we do our best. And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we can't be there. Sometimes things aren't perfect. But we didn't, we're not trying. We're doing it. We're doing it in our own imperfect world, in our own imperfect way. But we're not trying. We're doing it. So, Brother Yoda, thank you for speaking to the people of God. So now... I'm not done, but what is your next step? What, what is it? What, what, where is God speaking to you? What's going on in your life? What, what, do you need to, what do you need to activate? What do you, where, where do you need to actually put some, some action behind your thinking and your, and your words? Where, where do you need to actually do what you've been talking about and thinking about and praying about? I love praying about stuff. That's, that's the foundation, but sometimes that becomes a crutch for us or an excuse. Well, you know... It's really good because I, I know I need to, to learn. In, I'm learning in certain circles to say no to stuff that's outside of my purpose zone and to say no to toxic stuff in my life and toxic relationships and stuff. And so I understand that, you know, and I know sometimes praying about stuff is good, but, but, but a lot of times praying about stuff can just, that could just be a, a ruse for us to be lethargic and, and for our own inertia, you know. And I could use that in my quest to say no to stuff, you know, Charles, will you do this? Well, you know, let me pray about it. And I'm hoping that they'll forget and not get back to me. 
And I think for all of us in the church, and as a pastor, you know, like, would you do, you know, and growing up in traditional settings, that, well, you know, I, I don't feel led. <laughs> Somebody need to help out with these kids. Somebody needs to clean this place up. Somebody needs to, to count the money. Somebody needs to play on the, in the band. Somebody needs to do something. Oh, well, let me pray about it, brother. I think there's a cop-out a lot of times. It's, it, you should pray about everything, obviously, but it can be a cop-out. Let me pray, you know, because, but the thing, what have you been praying about? And God is saying, maybe whispering in your ear right now, Charles is messing with you. I know he's getting on your nerves and I know he's going long and it's, 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 it's daylight savings time and you want to go take a nap. But listen to the voice of the Lord this morning. Because the thing about it is there's something you've been thinking about and praying about and mulling over and considering and, and kind of shuffling your feet on. God says, what are you, when are you going to do something about it? There, there's something in your life that needs to be fixed. When are you going to fix it? You say, whoa, that sounds like self. Well, self in partnership with God because God's not going to fix it apart from your engagement. If you're not willing to step out in faith and do something, what do you think he's going to do? I'm not willing to make anybody mad or hurt any feelings, but I want God to make people mad and hurt their feelings on my... <laughs> So what is it? What is it in your career? What is it in your family? What is it in your ministry, in your, in your, in your, in your engagement and the things? What, what is it that you maybe need, to, you know, you're thinking, I want God to use me. And God say, well, remember, you, think, you know those people that you, you hang out with on break sometimes that are really kind of, they're kind of searching for God, but they kind of don't have a clue. Uh, maybe just begin and some, maybe ask me to, help you find more specific ways to, to, to begin to reach out to them and form more, a more genuine relationship where you can maybe share a little of your story. Do something. Don't just hide behind your Starbucks cup. There's only so much you can say, but yeah, this is a good latte. Yeah, this is good. Did you see that game last night? No, I didn't see it. Oh, did you see that movie last night? Which one? Uh, that, yeah, there's 500 of them on my TV, right? You know, see, but when you, uh, God, I, 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 want, I want to be more involved. What will you do? What's the next step to get more involved? What's the next step to grow spiritually? What's the next step to go deeper in the things of God? What's your next step or steps? And it comes like this. What what is your plan of action? What plan of action will you activate in order to realize God's purpose in your life? I live in this strange world and you do too. On one hand, there's aspects of ministry that are very much like surfing, where you go out to the beach, right? Some of you will be there today. And uh, especially since the sun doesn't go down until later, you can go and look at the water and say, wow, I'm really tired, and the sun's up, and there's water, and the sun's setting, and why am I out here? And we go home. But surfers, they don't have, like, they don't have a switch to say, okay, turn on the surf. You know, and it's not like the surf report doesn't say, okay, at 10.03, there's going to be a 20-foot that's going to be the one. And then, you know, they have some forecasts. But basically what they do is they out there paddling around in the water. What are they doing? They're waiting for the surf, for a wait. There, there are aspects of ministry that are like that. And to some degree, there's things that God will do sovereignly. There are movements of God. There, there's movements of God's spirit that will take place in ways that are beyond our control. And we want to be ready. So when they come, it's like the surf. We get up on the board. And if it were me, I'd get up on the board and fall flat on my face. But these guys get up on the board and ride the wave and have all that and, and, and make full use of it and, and exploit it fully. That's, that's one side of the equation. But the other side of the equation are all these things in life that we as the people of God uh, that are placed before us that, that 
God says, I really am in, in this instance waiting on you. So make sure in your waiting on me that you don't wait beyond the, 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 the window of, of, of the... That's hard to express what I'm trying to say here, but while you're waiting on me, don't wait too long and don't neglect the things that I'm waiting on you for. You wait on me for what I got to do, but I'm waiting on you. So I listen, I'm, don't sit at home and I'm waiting for God to bless me. Get up off yourself and go to church. Don't sit there with your, don't sit there collecting your, you know, dust on your Bibles. I I want, I just need God to speak to me. Open that bad boy and start reading. I want God to bless my money, but I'm, I'm scared. I don't know if I could give a dollar because I might need that dollar because I might run low on my Starbucks app. You know, if if you're not willing to enter in, if you're not willing to, to, to invest, if you're not willing to engage, if you're not willing to step out, God says, I'm waiting on you. You, you step out in faith. I'll meet you. You get out of the boat. You can walk on the water. You can come to me, but you, you got to get your, you got to keep your eyes on me and, and step out of Peter. Jesus didn't magically draw Peter out the boat. Lord, bid me to come to you. Well, okay, Peter, here you go. You know, it's like the, you know, bewitched. You know, he wiggles his nose. <laughs> or, or, you know, he gives, he does you know, this is the, the theremin music. And Peter's like, oh, this is cool. I'm walking Jesus. No, Peter had to get out there on his own. And that's why he sank because it's, in his humanity, he had to take the step of faith. And while he kept his eyes on Jesus, he did well. But in his humanity, as he took his eyes off Jesus, his own fears kicked in. He failed. But you know what? He didn't fail. Because he did it. You see, he tried. No, he didn't try. He, he walked on water. He didn't walk as long as he wanted. He didn't walk up probably as straight. He probably didn't get his cool walk on, you know, like, you know, but he, he walked on the water. And, and, and so you got to get out the boat sometimes. You got to take that step. Where is God? Where is God prodding you? What is the spirit saying to you? And I, 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 I love this basic question, and it's one we should ask ourselves often with regard to things. There's some things in our lives that this really applies to. If not now, yeah. So, activate. That's all I'm saying. All right? You get it? You got it? All right, bow your heads. Lord, today I was, I, I, I'm, I'm striving with the help of your Holy Spirit to call all of us, including myself, to action. This word activate is a word that if we will embrace it, it can change our lives and it can change the world around us. Thank you for reminding us today, in essence, that there's no room for passivity within the kingdom. That oftentimes we claim to be waiting on you when you're waiting on us. That there are things in the world around us that won't happen until we step out in faith and begin to to allow you to make them happen through us. But we're not just puppets in your hand or puppets under the, the control of a skilled marionette. You're not just pulling our strings. We're human beings, We're flesh, blood, bone, but spirit and soul as well. 
you've given us a free will. You've given us incredible creative capacity. You've given us a heart. You've given us incredible emotional capacity and depth. And you, you work in the world through our believing you enough to act on what you say. And when we act on what you say, sometimes we even, sometimes in the words of church people in my world growing up, sometimes we do get in the flesh. We get in, we, sometimes we get in self. And you're so amazing, you use us anyway. And you can use us better if we dare to get involved and do something, even if we do it sometimes imperfectly, than if we do nothing. So save us today from that alternative. If we err, Lord, if we blow it, maybe blow it on the side of courage. Maybe blow it on the side of, 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 of activity. Maybe blow it on the side of, of, of being doers and not hearers. Maybe we, if we mess up, if we, if, we, if we miss it, may we miss it in terms of missed it because we maybe got ahead of you, but maybe not be so far behind you that we don't even see you anymore. So would you spur us to action? Would you, would you motivate us to service? Would you lift us into a great place of greater engagement, would you give us the faith to activate your grace in our life? Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gifts that are in you. Activate the gifts that are in you. They're in you, but you've got to do something with them. You've got to cultivate them. You've got to use them. There's stuff in us. There's stuff you've given us. There, there are opportunities around us, but if we don't activate them by simple faith and obedience and doing something, nothing happens. Lord, in this moment of our history, as a, as a nation, as the world, we need to see God at work in the world around us. But you work through your church. So Lord, activate us. And may we activate your grace in and around us. Your gifts in our lives. And even activate your grace and your love. And release others to, to, to fulfill the, their potential in you. Release others to discover who they are in you and what you want for them. And to, bring out, and to be a part of the process of bringing out the best of the people around us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Jesus. Ushers are going to come forward. If you haven't had a chance to give, uh, we're going to um, um, they're going to sweep by you and uh, if you have a connection card to drop in um, drop it in the, in the tray. There you go. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on it. And uh, we're going to, I'm going to pray one more time before we go. Then we're going to, in a moment we're going to read our benediction and we'll get out of here. And go try to figure out what time it is. Yeah, all right.